You're listening to K&J Recaps. Welcome back to K&J Recaps. We are here recapping Stranger Things Season 3, Episode 5, The Flayed. I am Jess. I am Kim. Um, very briefly before we dive in, can I just say, I'm sorry, you guys, for my microphone quality last episode. Can I just tell you, it's probably a surprise to no one that I'm the weak link of this duo. It is always me. (laughs) It's always me. And so, um, I actually like when this happened last night and we had just, uh, covered episode four, uh, I was going to make a joke, uh, to say like, I'm the Steve of this, uh, duo that I am like the one who's like bringing relevant. Relatively little to to like the technical aspect of this endeavor, and yet now I feel like I would be giving myself a compliment because Steve redeemed himself in this episode. You want to fight, Kim? That's right. All right, (laughs) Steve want to fight, and I have a working microphone, so we are doing good, gang. (laughs) We are back on for this second half of the season. We're in episode five. There are only three more after this. Oh my gosh. Um, and there's lots to talk about so we are going to break down as we have been scene by scene um just a reminder to send your feedback and thoughts to kjrecaps.com feedback follow us on facebook and twitter and um if you're listening feel free to leave us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice we really appreciate it and uh let us know what you think as we get closer to the end too you can be less concerned about spoiling us although please don't spoil us <laughs> i still have three more episodes and i was I just saying to kim before we started recording that it's like getting harder to just avoid the internet at this point um <laughs> now that we're you know five days post-release so yes I mean, this is like my guilty pleasure source for news that is absolutely not news and instead just like stupid quizzes about random shit. But like I spend like too much time on BuzzFeed looking at random things and uh, and I cannot I cannot go on. They they spoil everything if you let it. So, uh, yes, we're getting close now to be able to resume resume normal Internet activities. That's right. I also follow a number number of the actors uh, in the show on various social channels. And even that, I feel I, they're doing an OK job. But like, you know, all the episodes are out. I, I understand it. You know, it's yeah. not it's on information I don't have access to. But I'm just like, oh, God, stop. <laughs> so we, we had um, so, someone with a Twitter account liked one of our tweets that I like looked at because the Twitter account was called Will the Wise or like the official Will the Wise or something like that. And so this is like a fan account where the person is tweeting as if they are the character Will. And then so like I was just I was curious. I was like, what is this account? And so I was seeing tweets from this guy saying like, how dare you treat me this way, Mike? And I was like, oh, God, (laughs) I'm about to spoil the whole show for myself from Will's perspective. (laughs) I sent Kim a text earlier today because I did not realize that there's like an additional celebrity connection to are one of our new characters this season and it's not the mall uh but robin <laughs> is ethan hawk and it is uma thurman's and daughter uma thurman yes yeah. i looked it up after you sent it to me i did not know that either but now that i know that she is uh uma thurman in particular 
her right. daughter. I can see so much resemblance. But Ethan Hawke, I never would have guessed, but I can see the Uma Thurman now. And then, of course, um, I don't think this is a shock to anyone. This I did know going in, but Jake Busey it plays, plays Bruce, Gary Busey's son, who is That's right. one of the particularly bad uh, like newspaper guys. And that isn't news, He I'm looks sure, so much like he him. He looks exactly like <laughs> Gary Busey. So I'm sure everyone knew that already, but since we're talking no, about celebrity offspring there's another one there and we get to spend more time with him in this episode so we did. oh my god you guys another theory that i got right they were in fact much better in their demeanor oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah i mean how wrong could i be on that but anyway we'll talk about that more later yeah we're gonna get into this i do think kim though that there's some real theories of yours that have continued to be proven correct uh throughout so i think there's lots of kudos to be given to you on how you know they're interacting and how injuring one and feeding like power from one to the other really like they're all obviously interconnected so anyway excited to talk about that but why don't we start at the very beginning okay perfect Okay, so a pretty long cold open again this episode. Uh, So we have Steve, Robin, Dustin, and Erica who are hanging on for dear life as this Russian elevator is plummeting like, I don't know how many miles (laughs) below the surface. Like really far. Um, The screaming is hilarious. Everyone is screaming, but Dustin in particular, he just just has the funniest scream. Um, So they come to an abrupt stop, but the doors won't open because you need a key card to open the doors. So they're suddenly in like a steel coffin miles under the ground, which is terrifying. Um, Yeah, not ideal. Yeah. But uh, Erica does not seem to grasp the severity of the situation because she is like mostly concerned about making sure that her mom isn't mad about her missing like her uncle's birthday party. And Steve is like, okay, (laughs) we're going to die in here. (laughs) Your mom is the least of our worries right now. Um, So they see that there's a hatch at the top of the elevator. They climb out to see if they can climb their way up. But of course, uh, they cannot. Uh, much too far yeah i love when it what later on when steve's like you think that like mall security is gonna repel their way down here <laughs> and save us yeah probably <laughs> like, not yeah. yeah uh so joyce and hopper are continuing their search of these properties that we know were bought by the russians they visit this farm that's been referenced a few time and they times and they can hear machines whirring below them where they ultimately find this passageway passageway under the bed and they surprise the head Russian scientist and another guy. Uh, Kim's notes say there's a pretty significant language barrier, which there <laughs> is. There's a real lack of Russian and English conversation uh, happening. Um, they suddenly hear someone above them, and it is the Terminator. Uh, that's I their, know. Yeah. Like, like, the mayor made a joke in the... In the um, scene when Hopper is like beating him up trying to get the name of this guy and he's like who is he and the mayor's like the Terminator and you're like yeah. he is though <laughs> he absolutely is especially throughout this like I mean very typical Terminator behavior where there's no running involved it's just I know. Like slow walking like, honestly they're not even yeah. subtle about this being a direct <laughs> ripoff of the Terminator yeah. um there is a gunfight <laughs> Uh, where Joyce is not really that helpful. Oh, um, Joyce. Yeah, like <laughs> her detective skills might be great, but her 
I don't know, wingman in a gunfight leaves <laughs> right. something to be her, desired. Her, like, grace under pressure is, like, not awesome. <laughs> also, she shouldn't throw guns because oh. she'll give it to the wrong person. And then she can't start the Hopper's vehicle. But anyway, <laughs> they ultimately are able to escape, escape and they take this amazing head scientist, Alexi, with them. Um so the truck takes heavy fire, which is going to impact it later. But ultimately, they do at least get away. Um, so Nancy calls Jonathan early the next morning after having just witnessed this crazy thing that happened with Mrs. Driscoll the night before. So she is calling to see if Will is OK, because she, she of course, recognizes what she saw in Mr. Mrs. Driscoll as being very similar to what she saw in Will the previous year. So Jonathan, who has no idea what's going on, realizes pretty quickly that uh, he needs to get back in the loop. So even though things currently are still a little tense between them obviously they come back together you know pretty quickly uh and then in the middle of the woods somewhere hopper's truck has now broken down and hopper's trying to fix it while joyce is trying to communicate with alexi neither of them are having a whole lot of luck i love her Uh, communication i know like she they find one word that they understand and then she adds 25 more (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean i really do feel like alexi is uh kind of awesome he's very genuinely i think trying to understand what the hell joyce is talking about correct um i like him a lot i do too yeah So um, Hopper is doing a really bad job of trying to fix the truck. And in fact, uh, it blows up. So Alexi, in his sort of very stilted English, is trying to warn them. And luckily he did. Even though Hopper doesn't understand what he's saying, he still walks away from the truck, which saves him from getting uh, pretty badly burned. So Um, so I guess they are on their way to Illinois. They're going to visit a friend of Hopper's who obviously we find out later is Murray. Our favorite matchmaker. I know. And I love that there's a line later on when she's he's yes. like, save your lover's quarrel. And I was like, Murray, you, you just see right to the thick of it. You just, yeah, <laughs> he knows. He gets people. Yeah. Um, it did make me think as soon as I saw Murray, I was like, is Murray our Bob? He's not like, I mean, he's not like the sensitive, too pure for this world nerd. um, So it doesn't fall in that sort of camp. But he is someone that we like who sort of falls on the periphery. And I couldn't think of anyone else who fits that mold until he (laughs) he showed up. So now I'm worried for his life, but I'm glad he's here anyway. It helps that his name is not Burry. If it was, oh yes. If it was Burry, then I mean, it's a foregone conclusion. Right him right off. <laughs> Basically, like wearing a red shirt. That's right. Um, so meanwhile, Elle is trying to find Hopper by using her powers. She sees that he is in the woods um, and on his way to Illinois, um, <laughs> which I did see someone on Twitter that's like, seriously, like Elle still can't speak in full sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Is no one sending her to school during the school year or maybe some <laughs> They're extra not. tutoring? They yeah. really aren't. I mean, I uh, I mean, it is I'm the concerned. summertime right now, so there's no yeah. school anywhere, but I really feel like her entire education is coming from Mike at this point. Like that is not trustworthy. And I don't know if there was ever a candidate for summer school, I might nominate L uh for someone <laughs> who could use a bit of remedial help with grammar. Right. State yeah. names, you know, just general, like, life things. Anyway. <laughs> um, so afterwards, Max and Elle are in the bathroom washing the blood from Elle's nose while the boys assess their situation. 
Uh, Mike thinks that Hopper and Dustin being MIA must be connected. It seems that he has seen the first two seasons of Stranger Things, so right. that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they ultimately realize it's, time, it's up to them to take action. And Mike points out that stopping Billy isn't going to be enough, that he would just come back, you know, by finding someone else's body, which is essentially what he did with Will. So they have to find a way to actually stop the mind flare. Um, which Kim's notes are there's a very intense discussion and then more clueless ponderings about girls and why they hang around in bathrooms which will is just like blown away by the <laughs> like fact why are that we talking about this right now yeah but i do i love that i love how this show sort of like uh does a great job of uh peppering in some you know, fun moments and humor even when they're like having a pretty intense discussion but trying like, to save the, the world I know, exactly. (laughs) And then, I mean, really, uh, we're not at this point yet, but since I'm thinking of it, I'll just mention, I've said it before, but like the music cues in this show are so good. It makes you feel all the feelings that you're, you know, intending to, intended to feel in that moment. Not only are you seeing the action and stuff that is supposed to make you feel it, but like, oh, the music is just done so well. So they do a great job of like setting the tone. And this was a good one too, uh, in this scene where like Lucas just kind of like casually passes the Cocoa Puffs or whatever while they're like oh, pondering yeah. girls. They're all just sort of staring at the bathroom door, wondering about the mysteries of <laughs> of women. <laughs> uh, and they can be heard right through the door. I mean, they're, yeah. they're also terrible at doing this in front of everybody. Oh, yeah, they're not subtle. <laughs> no. Uh, and then Nancy and Jonathan arrive. Yay! More people coming together. I'm very excited about all of that. Me too. Uh, so back in the Russian elevator, Dustin is trying to reach someone using his walkie-talkie, but of course he can't get any reception <laughs> under miles and miles of, of concrete. Um, Steve is peeing everywhere. Like uh, what? <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> they could have been stuck in there for a long time, and he just like blase pees on everything. <laughs> I so guess there's really like nowhere pee. else to pee, but True. I feel like it would have been a container. Yeah, like contain it in some way. Literally, it was just like streaking down the walls. I mean, yeah. I feel like Robin is like the way that Robin accepted and dealt with that moment is in of itself enough to show you she's a keeper right that's you very pitch true. all over the walls and she's like hey watch the stream i would have been like you're a fucking garbage person you, that's right you need to take this elsewhere um she's uh, she's like max that way it's you don't you can't ruffle her easily exactly yes love it um erica meanwhile is trying to smash open the canister of green <laughs> ooze in case she needs something to drink erica <laughs> You honestly are wise beyond your years in so many ways, but this is this is not one. <laughs> well, it's, uh, her whole point about dehydration is super valid, but then eating the green goo is not less so. Yeah. <laughs> so they hear Russians coming, and everyone gets up on the roof to hide. And after the Russians, um, you know, collect their boxes and whatever, Steve like goes full superhero mo- mode. Like from this point <laughs> point in the episode to the end, I'm I'm like, there's Steve. With a baseball bat going out to like face eight demo dogs or whatever. That's yeah, like, yeah. that's where yeah. Steve actually brings something to the table. Like, he is brave and, I mean, even if he doesn't win all his fights, he gives it a solid effort. 
protective of the group and yes. yeah. Uh, so he uses the canister to prop open the door and then everyone gets out just in the nick of time before the canister breaks and the door slams shut. And then this green ooze that Erica was thinking of drinking uh, eats through the floor <laughs> like acid. So uh, that is kind of a surprise to no one except Erica, I think. <laughs> uh, and then when they see the facility that they're in, it appears to be just like a never ending hallway with no doors or stairwells or anything so they just start walking which you know just confirms everything that we already knew but you know that clearly all this land has been purchased we know it's this huge swath of place of distance yeah um you know joyce was told that there was no way that there was a machine that would go all the way from her house to all the way downtown but we're clearly getting a size an idea of the scale with these hallways and it's enormous. Um, exactly. The space, so yeah. this, I mean, like ultimately this, as well as the, you know, the uh, obviously much closer to the surface area <laughs> um, that, uh, that Hopper and Joyce found, we're thinking it's all the same yes. facility, right? And it's Correct. just spanning miles upon miles underneath the surface to That's varying right. depths probably. Um, but like almost, uh, you know, maybe half the town of Hawkins now seems to be sort of like underneath the surface, <laughs> a right. Russian facility. Um, so back at the Wheeler house, Nancy um, is filling the gang in on what happened to Mrs. Driscoll. And this is where there's like, you know, coming together of Nancy and Jonathan and, and our others in the sense that they are putting together all the pieces. So she said it's the same thing as what happened to Will. They realize that Billy and Mrs. Driscoll are infected or flayed. If there are two, there must be more. Um, and then Elle puts together that this is what must have happened to Heather because she knows something happened, but then she was acting so quote unquote normally. And they then connect, or sorry, Nancy and Jonathan then connect Heather to Tom because they know Heather's father, mm-hmm. um, which prompts them to all pile into the car and head to Tom's house. And I, mean, I think my favorite part of this whole scene is when they boys find out that that Jonathan wasn't with Nancy when she <laughs> was with Mrs. Driscoll and they're just like blown away that like you he were wasn't. there yeah <laughs> and and then and then when uh when jonathan's like i'm i'm here now and nancy sarcastically is like hallelujah they're like oh <laughs> he is in trouble yeah exactly um i really loved when they were all piling into the car and nancy like puts her hair up like seat belts, belts on and then just like yeah fires out like she is all business and i i loved that i also think that we might have some listeners who don't realize that those station wagons even existed with those weird seats in (laughs) the the back yeah (laughs) yeah that were actual seats that faced each other i mean station wagons were bizarre and wonderful vehicles uh i mean any vehicle with wood paneling is yeah on a different level and just that wide and like it was like all made of carpet somehow. I don't know. Vehicles in the 80s were all plush. It was very strange and very difficult to clean. And therefore, they all had this really awful smell all of the time because <laughs> unlike today's materials, which are much more cleaner friendly, I don't know. Everything was velour or something They're like, on the inside this is a selling feature. A shag carpet <laughs> in a place where you're going to put your feet all the and time. Butt. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, I also just wanted to mention, like, I'm glad that this probably seemed obvious to a lot of people. But to me, when I was trying to piece together in the last episode, when I was like, okay, so who's all doing what? Like, you know, Nancy and Jonathan are going on this investigative journalism thing and whatever. I was, I'm just really happy that they're not off investigating a story, you know, sort of uh, throughout the whole 
uh, season and have come together with the rest of the group sooner than later so that they can actually get in the thick of it in terms of like mm-hmm. the action and the problem solving. Because what I loved most about um, Nancy and Jonathan in season one, especially was their monster hunting, you know, dynamic duo. So I'm glad to see them back into the thick of it and kind of more in the action, uh, you know, the action side of things uh, rather than sort of the rat investigating side of things. Well, that's it. And in this one scene, like I just flew through it, but they just put all the pieces together in one scene, you yes. know, and obviously there's more pieces to put together, but I mean, in the sense of what they already knew and what they could easily conclude. Now, obviously there are different things that they don't understand yet because of everything we see later in this episode, but we at least are all in a common understanding and we can all move forward from here and we can be together. And if, and when Joyce and Hopper reconvene, you know that that same level of understanding is already there too. Like I love, I love that. Agreed. Um, so meanwhile, the Terminator is tracking Joyce and Hopper. He has found the broken down truck in the woods. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, like, I I assume that he rode his motorcycle, but I also wouldn't be at all surprised if he just slow walked the whole way there and somehow caught up with them because that's That's what's happening in my mind. That's right. Um, So not too far away, Joyce and Hopper continue to argue, particularly when Joyce says that Hopper should have listened to Alexi (laughs) and then Hopper gets jealous of their hostage. I'm sorry, but Hopper, watch the fuck. Every man Joyce talks to is now her new boyfriend. That's what she says. I love when she says that. Yeah. Jesus. So while they're distracted, Alexi then takes off running and Hopper chases him thinking he's trying to get away. But instead, Alexi is just like the most tuned in of the three and is able to find a way back to civilization, which everyone is very happy about. Uh, So they go to a 7-Eleven. Everybody chugs a Coke. Coke 100% is sponsoring this season. The product (laughs) placement has been like everywhere. It made me want one, so... I know. (laughs) So job well done. Um, Product placement sometimes can be, like, so obvious, though. Like, like literally annoyingly obvious. But I, you know, I don't find that to be the case here. I've just noticed that there's a lot of it. Like, Karen is drinking a Coke when she is uh, lounging by the pool. You know, that sort of thing. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so they chug a Coke uh, and then steal a douchebag's car. Alexi, like, sitting in the back of that convertible with his huge, like, Slurpee is amazing. He's a child murderer. (laughs) Forger. Right. Joyce, why? Like, okay, first, Joyce's change in body language as soon as he introduces her as a detective is, like, amazing. (laughs) That she's, like, she's just, like, doing... I feel like that is the same stance that I would do if someone just suddenly started referring to me as a detective that I had to pretend to be. I feel like that is also what I would do. Sort of like <laughs> puff up my like shoulders and chest and, you know. Um, but like why, Joyce, would you s- just land on Forger <laughs> as oh, like the most amazing. dangerous criminal? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so they steal a guy's car. Uh, nobody really feels bad about it because that guy seemed, you know, he seemed like kind of the worst. But if Hopper is still an official member of law enforcement come season four, like, I don't even know. (laughs) Someone has to hold this man to account. That's right. I also love that he does this entire thing while basically having like half a Slim Jim sticking out of his mouth. I think he's just, he's wearing that outfit, eating pepperoni sticks and just goes for it. Um, So Steve and the group are walking in that endless tunnel in the Russian facility 
Dustin and Robin once again prove that they're brilliant, although Erica is not into all the nerdiness. <laughs> Steve is very quick to say that he does not belong in this nerd category. I mean, um, give it a rest, Steve. You're not in high school yeah. anymore. You're in it. And, like, nerds are cool, Steve. Yes. Uh, like, yeah. Robin and Dustin think that that green stuff must be being used to power something that the Russians are building, and Robin can't figure out why they would want to be building that in Hawkins, something we ourselves have questioned. Um, which is when Steve and Dustin, of course, have this realization that this is all connected to the gate. Um, then Dustin's walkie-talkie picks up that Russian message that we've heard before, and they put together the fact that they should try and track that down so they could use it to send a message of help to the surface. So Yes. Mm. So we are going to see later, but this was your theory proving correct, Jess, that there's a giant laser in Hawkins and that... It appears to all very much be connected to the gate. So what I thought, which was that somewhere in Siberia, a gate opened and the mind flayer came out and was like, where am I? This isn't Hawkins, <laughs> Indiana. And then traveled to <laughs> to go back to Hawkins so that he could take down its nemesis L is less true. Well, I just have to say, I never get anything right. So this one felt good when Kim said that I'm the stronger of the two. That is not true uh, at all because my my theories, A, seldom exist, and B, are, when they do exist, always wrong. So Listen, was, listen. You, yeah. we all have our talents, and mine is coming up with wild bullshit that somehow, sometimes <laughs> lands close to correct. And then Bob comes around the corner, and it turns <gasps> out he's been working in this lab the whole time. Yay! <laughs> it's happening. Okay, so Nancy, Jonathan, and the rest of the gang arrive at Heather and Tom's. No one's answering the door, so Elle just goes ahead and lets them in with her powers. Uh, they find a pile of chemicals in the kitchen. Uh, so Ugh. the flayed are eating the chemicals. We know that, but we don't know why. So uh, Mr. Clark asks them to... What does he say? Like, posit a question? And why are they mixing various yeah, things Yeah, what, what do you get when you mix two chemicals together or when you mix chemicals together? Yeah. Like, you make a new thing. So they think that yeah. they're, like, making a new thing inside their own bodies. Do you think that it's, like, it is the... It is like the monster that we saw at the end, like the ability to like yes. form together to make a monster is what they're doing with these chemicals. Yeah, I I think it's like all, so the fact that they put all these chemicals inside of themselves and then maybe they even act as like incubators or catalysts for whatever is happening along with whatever the mind flayer is able to do. Obviously, there's like a lot that the mind flayer is adding to this. And then when they are no longer useful in their human form, basically what we see at the end, they can turn into the like goo of their insides, mm -hmm. can turn into something else because it's been fed by all this additional household chemical product. That then can, can and then they become this. monster goo fueled Ugh. by household cleaning Correct. products. And, and then yeah. they become a terrifying monster that is going to rip people apart. Oh, God, this episode. I know. And then the fact that two people can become what we see at the end, it does not bode well for what as many people. There were so many people. Played. It's going to be a fucking yeah. Godzilla monster. Exactly. Like, that's not good. Uh so they figure out they've been making something new and then Nancy, Nancy drews the shit out of the crime scene and pieces together the whole puzzle as to what happened 
to Tom. Um, and they realize that he was taken somewhere, which must be the place that is the source of it all. And this is when Nancy remembers Mrs. Driscoll screaming that she has to go back. Um, so they have the very good idea, yes. although it doesn't play out that well, that they should just let her go and see if she can lead them to the Mind Flayer. Yes. Go Will. I mean, like, yeah. really stepping up this season. Um, okay, so the Terminator has found the 7-Eleven where Hopper stole the car and he interrogates the clerk pretty uh, yeah. roughly. Uh, rough and then, interrogation. So. That's right. Uh, Hopper and the others then arrive at their destination, which we know already is Murray's house, uh, which we previously mentioned is Murray's, Murray's house. Uh, he opens the door with uh, characteristic <laughs> levels of paranoia and a shotgun to their faces. And uh, he's Murray. What can we say? It's Murray. Um, he also speaks perfect Russian. So that is very helpful. Uh, <laughs> so Murray, he is eccentric, according to uh, Hopper, but... Joyce thinks he is certifiably insane. Uh, and when he takes a really long time checking Alexi for bugs and giving grief to Hopper for bringing a Russian into his house, Joyce is like, just had enough. So she like lits into him. And uh, overall, I think that it had pretty good results. I think it's surprising to see what comes out of this like relatively tiny woman. <laughs> <laughs> how forceful she is that's right and so like yeah she like just rips into murray with you know like some pretty good points about like we have been through it so just fucking tell me what's going on by talking to this guy and murray is like sort of stunned silent and then hopper gives him like an eyebrows raise like you heard the lady you know sort of sort of look uh i liked it but i also love that murray is like even though he talks tough he's also like hi jim <laughs> you know he yeah uh yeah He's just a, you know, he's a likable guy, despite being kind of decidedly unlikable in many ways. Correct. I just love him as a character. I'm very glad to see him back again. Yes. Also, his ability to speak Russian, I think, is going to prove very useful for the very subsequent useful. three episodes. <laughs> we are now deep into Russian territory. I mean, we know that Alexei, he was, his life was threatened in scene one, episode one. So we yeah. know that he might not necessarily be participating in whatever's happening here willingly. You know, yeah. he, he is definitely at risk of losing his life if he fails. So maybe he's going to be super cooperative. I think it seems as if he doesn't have too much um like against going along with these guys as a hostage he's not putting up yeah, too much of agreed. a fight so you know we could really make some good progress with someone who actually can communicate with him so that's right welcome aboard murray yeah um so back in the russian facility our gang has found the communications room but it is surrounded by lots and lots of activity they do manage to stealth their way in but the room is not empty and this is where steve wins a fight yes miraculously. Steve. yeah great job also a shout out to robin for trying to use uh um, portions yeah portions know, of the code so to, yeah because when she was like tread lightly tread lightly i was like oh this might work yeah but then, and then but it's then like china and you're like okay yeah. well. <laughs> it's falling apart yeah yeah so Dustin takes the soldiers' key card so that they can ultimately make the elevator work. But before they go back the way they came, um, they take a look at what's happening basically in the adjacent room that Robin spots. And this is where we see the giant laser powered by green goo, you know, definitely getting somewhere in terms of trying to open the gate. There's like the seam is 
starting to open. Uh, it looks very similar to, I guess, how it did in the cold open of episode one before everything went to hell. But um, so, can I ask this question? And I'm sorry if it's stupid. Is that? But this is has to be like this is clearly the same you know, design of laser, though it's probably not the exact same one since we saw the first one blow up. But the first one was, in fact, in Russia or Siberia, right? Oh, yeah. The gate that they were trying to open there is not the same gate that they're trying to open here, right? Right. But I think the reason that they would come to Hawkins is because Hawkins successfully opened a gate. I I agree. I completely agree that that's why they've come. But I guess what I'm getting at is that like Hawkins is not special in that it's the only place that has a gate. It's special because it's the only place that has a gate that has opened. So there is, I don't know, these like, you know, points of contact elsewhere in the world that people are, aware of or governments are aware of i mean that seems pretty scary but the soviets are connected to the work that was being done with l in the first place correct no i don't think so they said that it was a russian girl or whatever because the lab was using um was using the cold war as a cover for the work that they were doing so ultimately everyone in the town of hawkins thought that what they were doing was just like super secretive work that they were going to use in order to combat uh the soviets right yeah yeah Um, that's true so yeah i mean maybe it's I don't know if there are many, many of these happening. Maybe. And everybody's like. I mean, I don't know. It was just the first time that I realized that like, oh, I guess you could kind of open a gate anywhere or, or that the a gate itself or like a point of contact where you could breach through can really be done anywhere. And it, Hawkins right. happens to be the only place that had an, had an 11 who was right. actually able to like generate to the it. amount of power to to make it open. But. Anyway, I, I don't know. It's probably not important. It was just something that I realized for the first time. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's one of the, maybe the L will end up having to get involved or they will realize that L should be involved. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if she's at risk from that perspective. Like, if they realize it's not Hawkins, it's the this person. I don't I don't know that um, the, they know about L or, or will find out about L, but I think that it looks like this laser is is going to work. I right. think if they just let let it go, it looks like it's getting pretty close to working. So definitely they need L to like shut the shit down. But I don't <laughs> think I don't think there's going to be a storyline personally where the Russians like become aware of L and then we're back into sort of season one sort of territory where men dressed in black or are trying to track her down. But I don't know. I mean, they have made a point of saying Elle's not supposed to be in public and she's supposed to be keeping a low profile. And they've made a point of the fact that she's violated that. So maybe they're alluding to that. Who knows? Um, Okay. So Nancy and the others arrive at the hospital to see Mrs. Driscoll to uh, let her go and follow her back to the factory. Um, Unfortunately, only two visitors are allowed in at a time. So Nancy and Jonathan are the two to go. And in the elevator, they apologize to each other and make amends. And it's very cute. And then meanwhile, yay, back in the waiting room, uh, everyone else is waiting. Elle sort of extends an olive branch by helping Mike out with a jam snack machine, (laughs) which honestly, I got more excited than I should have when I saw this. And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. They're going (laughs) to they're going to get all kinds of free snacks. Um, So uh, Lucas encourages Mike to talk to her, which he does. And they also make up. Huzzah! 
things are right in the world. Well, it's good because everything's about to go to shit again. So yes, at is. least all of our couples are together again. So <laughs> Nancy and Jonathan arrive at Mrs. Driscoll's room. She isn't there. Um, Tom comes in with blood-covered hands and tells them she's gone home. What did you think? Like, what do you think has happened to Mrs. Driscoll? He killed her. He killed her and her <laughs> and her ooze went back yeah. to the factory. Okay. That's probably... What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, are we going to... Okay. So now I have a related question. So assuming this all ends at some point, whether it's this season or not, like with this being solved, are the people who have turned into ooze gone forever? Like, are they dead, dead for real? Yeah. I mean, it seems yes. hard to come back from that. Correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I feel like if their body is still alive, then they could maybe have... Like the, Billy could yes, possibly then, come back. Yes. The mind flare could be expelled from his body. How the chemicals are going to impact right. him, I, I think they're probably just going <laughs> to sidestep and not address. Um, right. But if they're ooze, I think they're gone. They're gone forever. Um, I also wondered about all of like the dead bodies that we were seeing in the hospital itself coming up just like in a few moments. Like, right. why wouldn't they take all of those people to be mind flayed? It seems like. Right. Anyway. Uh, but I guess uh, you can't knock everybody out and tie them up and get them back to a factory. That's easily. it. And maybe there's a tipping point where it's not needed anymore. Right. right. Like, like there's if you mass enough people, then there's a point where extra people aren't helpful, so they just kill them. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. It does seem like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the mind player would be like, you know what? Our army's big enough. I feel like, yeah, we don't. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> we have enough yeah. soldiers. Um, That's right. And not if it's planning to take over the world, which I think was True. like the whole sort of point of the mind flare. But you're right. I mean, in some circumstances, they probably don't have the resources or the time to like take everybody back to the factory alive and whatever. So sometimes evil mind flayed people just kill them, I guess. You know, it's a capacity productivity issue here. That's They've right. got a timeline to stick to and yeah. <laughs> that is right. The numbers tell us these people just have to die. <laughs> <laughs> business analytics on this one just say that there's a ratio of yeah people that will take over versus dot that's right um so tom i mean this is going to be a, a big ass fight scene but um tom makes a move towards them jonathan successfully hits him over the head with the vase but then this is when bruce aka gary Busey jr who is also affected, starts coming after them. They run, and this is where we see Kim. What, Kim, you're talking about, the murdered patients and staff, all the dead people. Um, they have nowhere else to run. Jonathan takes a pretty severe beating before like, Nancy is able to successfully stab Bruce. I know. My like God. It's, it's bad. It was bad. I legitimately thought that Jonathan was going to die in this episode. Die? Yeah. I really, really yeah. thought that there was a very good possibility that he was going to die. It was terrifying. Yeah, it was uh, It was very scary. Um, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask because, um, you know, in, in this moment or, you know, a few moments before or whatever, uh, Bruce says, we're here for you, Nancy Drew. And then, like, right. it, in the scene just prior, Tom had said, we were hoping you would come back. And so yeah. it seems as if they are most concerned with Nancy. Do you think that it's because, well, first, Nancy is the one who was raising alarms from a journalistic point of view which they're aware of but do you think that they do you think that they would 
wanted to kill Nancy or that they wanted to bring her back to the Mind Flayer? I think it's more the... If the Mind Flayer is able to take over your mind, then it probably also gains all of the knowledge that you have in you, right? Mm. And so when the Mind Flayer took over Tom, I feel like that is the first time, and I guess Mrs. Driscoll, the first time that it realized that there was a bit more investigating happening, you know, active investigation into this than maybe it expected. So I feel like it was like, okay, well, like, let's get that character out of the way because that poses a risk to what we're trying to do here yes got it that does make sense um so uh after nancy uh is able to stab bruce bruce turns around and goes after her while jonathan is kind of pretty much incapacitated on the floor um but then just when you think jonathan might be safe tom shows up to finish the job and like he's legitimately about to die like tom is about to stab him dead when suddenly yeah. uh even though tom has not been uh touched he is hurt because in the other room nancy the fucking badass has gotten a fire extinguisher and is bashing bruce over the head and so like wow yeah yes they are feeling the effects they are all connected. And so after several bashes in the head, both Tom and Bruce are pretty much reeling. And then Jonathan is able to get in like a killing blow by stabbing Tom with the scissors. And then both men die. Um, but they're still not safe because the lights flicker. The men start to convulse and then like liquefy into this ooze. And like at some points, the lights go completely black before flicking back on. So we see the ooze like come together and start to converge. And then it's complete darkness. And then a flash of light where you see that it has created this giant monster. And what the fuck is going to happen next? Well, and I just have to say that Nancy and Jonathan stay and watch this happen for about 99.9% longer than so I Why are you still standing around. there? I mean, I get it. They want to see what's happening. They're like, this of is course, something I've like, never seen before, but I'm you're like, going to die. Run away from this. I don't know. Uh, it's not good. I assume they're going to run away now and run through the lobby and grab the kids. But like, I just thought of something that is not related necessarily to this particular monster. But what if the combined power of Eleven and the laser, if they can somehow gain control of it, the combined right. power of both right. is what ultimately is able to kill the Mind Flayer? Yeah, that's clever. Like I, yeah, that maybe our our team is going to take over what's happening in the Russian facility yes. to defeat this. Yeah. They're going to put it in the elevator and bring it up to the mall. they're gonna put l in the elevator she's gonna ride it like at the end of uh never ending story no i was uh, (laughs) the the fucking kubrick moving me that we were just talking about oh dr strange love yeah she's just gonna like like the new ride the rocket but in the opposite direction (laughs) it's all coming together people for those of you who have watched episodes six through eight and know that all of this is wrong, thanks for sticking it out. Uh, um, yeah, so I am really, really excited to see what happens next. This is like, I mean, I feel like this is this is the feeling that I had in whatever episode number it was, episode six 
maybe in season two, two. when the demo dogs were you know in the in the lab and they were all cornered yeah. and there was like no way out and then bob died yeah i i we're not getting through this one unscathed and i so who's at the hospital right now do you think any of the people that are at, at the hospital right now might die I think it's still too early. It's but... core group. I don't know. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I don't know. I'm not as convinced they're not going to touch the core group, but. I had, a, I did have a thought um, about someone who, I don't know. I think it's a far-fetched idea, but I did come up with Karen. Oh. I know. And she I just had a heart to heart with Nancy. Just had a heart to heart with Nancy where, you know, Nancy, she said that Nancy is a fighter and she doesn't know where Nancy got it from. And Nancy assured her over and over that she got it from her mother. So maybe in a show of strength and bravery, Karen is going to, you know, save them somehow. Maybe that's a little bit too paralleled with what, what Bob did last season. But that's mm-hmm. who I came up with. And I, I think it might be, you know, a little far-fetched, but not completely implausible. And um, even just the the phone call that almost like it was just a throwaway, right? It seemed at least that when um, Joyce called Karen to check in on Will, then I'm like, okay, well, is Karen, you know, going to uh, take that phone call as sort of uh, an action that she needs to like go and see what they're all up to and like, you know, they're acting weird or whatever. And then all of a sudden Karen's in the thick of something that she doesn't understand. And I don't know. I'm I'm probably going down a rabbit hole here, but I don't know. I don't know who else uh, is on my list of death possibles. Potential, yeah, potentially death. <laughs> well, we will go uh, watch episode six now, and we will be back with our next podcast coming up, recapping number six. And in the meantime, we will continue to ponder who will not be amongst us in the next season. Yes, we will. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Tim. Bye. Bye.